Hey everybody, it's Lady Tamara. I wanted to stop by today to encourage those of you who stand in need of encouraging. I know sometimes we go through and we read the word, we go to service, we pray, we fast, we seek God, but sometimes we just need a brother or a sister who has been through and who is going through and who is standing even in the midst of adversity to encourage us. Glory to God. I can share many of the testimonies of how God delivered me right in the midst of what I was going through. And even in the middle of what I was going through, God was still the beginning and the end. And so it did not matter to me that I was enduring hardship and persecution and discord and lies and all of the horrible things, the side effects sometimes that come along with being chosen of the Lord. But let me tell you, the beauty was knowing that my father was the beginning and the end. He told me, he said, Tamara, I'm the beginning of what you're going through and I'm the end of what you're going through. And I am with you even in the middle. He said, now you may not feel like I'm with you. He said, but I gave you a promise. I said, lo, I am with you always, even until the ends of the earth. Now I want you to understand that the kingdom of God is from everlasting to everlasting. So when you are in the kingdom, there is no end. We're living it out on this side, but there is still an eternity in heaven with God. Hallelujah. And so it does not matter what you're going through on this side. He has promised you that he would never leave you nor forsake you, that he would be with you even until the ends of the earth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So many people are caught up in the blood moons at the end of the world. But let me tell you something. When you are in the world, you are not of it. Therefore, the repercussions of the world and the people who choose not to follow Christ, that is not our expected end. He said that he would give us an expected end. God has placed a word into the atmosphere from the heavenly dimension concerning you, woman of God, you, man of God. Glory to God. And therefore, the word that he spoke, it cannot return unto him void. It has to accomplish what he set it out to do. So the word can't go back. To the creator and say, I did not do what you sent me out to do. You people of God have to be obedient so that the word that he has spoken would manifest in due season and in due time. Because sometimes we can hinder his word because we're disobedient. Obedience will always, always, always render unto you the blessings of the Lord. You're blessed when you're obedient. I don't care who has great wealth, who has accomplished great fates in ministry and so forth. If they are not obedient, they are not blessed. It does not matter what their financial situations are. And it does not matter what ministry contacts and platforms they have graced. If they're not obedient, they're not blessed. When you are obedient, you eat of the good of the land. God provides and takes care of his children. He is a heavenly father who takes care of his children. And the word of God says that he gives good gifts unto his children. So it does not matter what your gifts are. They may not be a traditional or a common gift within the body. But if God gave it, it's a blessing. 
And it's a good gift. Even in Genesis 1, he said that all that he created, he looked at it and it was good. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It was good. It was well pleasing to him what he had created. Do not allow anyone to make you feel that what God has given you, what God has spoken to you and what God is doing in you, that it is not good enough. He said it was good. And this was Adam and Eve. He looked at all that he had created. And let me tell you something. What he created in the beginning, it was good. And they sinned. And what he created in me is good. What he created in you, it's good. We like to say in African-American colloquialism, it's all good. Honey, it's all good. Because God said that it's good. We strive for moral perfection. We strive to, to please God in all that we do. I want to get better, but I know that when he made me, I was good enough. Do not allow people to make you think that you are worthless. When people begin to make you feel like you are worthless, it's because deep down inside, they don't know their own self-worth because I would never and I could never make anyone feel as though they are worthless. Everything that my father created in his image and likeness is good. Now, if your lifestyle is not measuring up and aligned to what he has spoken concerning you, glory to God. When he initially thought of you in your mother's womb, if you are not aligning yourself to that, then that means you're trying to come against the creation that he created you to be. And you need to return back to the original pattern that God had in mind when he molded you, glory to God. And he formed you and he made you in his image and likeness. But if you are a child of God, if you are living righteously, you are good enough. Your gift is good enough. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Your gift is good enough. And I don't know who this word is going to bless. I don't know if God has anointed you to dance. If God has anointed you to play an instrument that is unheard of in the body of Christ. I don't know if it's opera, if it's songwriting, glory to God, if it's decorating, if it's cooking, whatever his gift that he has given unto you. To bless his people with. It will also prosper you. It's good enough. Take your gift and submit it to the master's hands. And say, Father, you have given me this gift. I have been sitting on this for so long. And I need you to awaken the sleeping giant that is within me. So that I would be able to be a blessing to your people with the gift that you gave to me. He gave us all gifts, all of us, even the sinner. And many sinners are more wise than the children of God because they know how to bless and utilize their gifts for their own personal benefit. God gave them a gift and the enemy perverted it. And so now they're using their gifts at a mass level. But the children of God are struggling you have God with you. You're supposed to be doing greater than what they're doing. 
That's why God taught me. He said, keep your mouth off of people that are not saved. Because when the truth be told, they're taking the gift that I gave them. And yes, they have allowed the enemy to use their gift. He said, but the enemy can never. That gift is copyrighted by me. That belongs to me. Not to the enemy. I don't care how greatly they are noted in the world for their entertainment and their gifts. He said, I gave that gift. Satan can't give anything. All Satan wants to do is to take and to pervert and to destroy and to kill. He said, but that gift was given by me. Singers, and I won't call their names rappers. He said, I gave that. I gave that gift. Soulness. I read on a man of God's post about rap. God had to teach me this. He said, that is an anointing I gave to encourage and to lift up. Now, yes, they may have taken it and perverted it, but initially I gave that gift. You're not just born and deciding what you want to do and what you're good at. That was something that was placed within you when God was forming you. So yeah, they might rap good and they may sing good. They may dance good. But God said, I gave the gift. They gave it to the enemy so that he can prosper them. They didn't use it for the purposes whereby I gave it to them. He told me, keep your mouth off of that. Because no matter what they do, that gift belongs to me. You pray for their salvation and you pray for their soul. Pray for them to come back and render unto me the gift that I gave them and submitted to me. He said, but you keep your mouth off of the people. He taught me that. He said, because when you put your mouth on them, you're talking about a gift that I gave them and I take that personally. He told me, keep your mouth off of things that you don't know what you're talking about. You may not like how they use their gift, he said, but I'm the one that put that in them. And he said, don't talk about them because what has the church done to help people cultivate their gifts? If you're not preaching, hooping, singing, and running and dancing to them, you're not anointed and gifted. But there are some very unique gifts that God will use to bless millions. But we're stuck on just the local sector of the church. So other gifts, gifts of communication. My God, counseling, those are gifts. Even life coaching, he told me, Christian life coaching is necessary. These athletes, these young kids fresh out of high school, they need people to mentor them because their lives are going to seemingly change once they go to college, once they graduate, once they get drafted into the NFL and the NBA and so forth. He said these athletes that have issues in their 20s, it's because no one caught them in their teens and began to cultivate them and prepare them for their destiny. He said, that's a gift that I have given to them and I've gifted men to be able to train them and to help them. You wouldn't see as much negative news about athletes with rape and drugs and alcohol if people would use their gifts to touch these people but the church tells you you need to sit in the four walls only and I'm not against the church serve and use your gifts there but there are some gifts that you will not be able to use in the church because the church is not the place that God anointed you to use your gift in you have to know how to transcend and go out that's what the early church did. Yes, they met and they fellowship, but they went and they claimed the world. The Bible says they turned the world upside down. They took what God put in them and they brought it to the world and they made it subdue. We're supposed to be subduing nations, not following after their pattern. 
We have Christians that's going secular because the church world is not helping to cultivate what God put on the inside of them. They're bored with it. It's not about money. They could say what they want. They make money in the gospel, in the Christian community. They make money. There is money to be made if you're about money. But they were not satisfied. God spoke that to me. I listened to Pastor Kim Burrell three years ago. She said something so prolific. She said, I am being persecuted because, and I'm paraphrasing, she was being persecuted because of her choices to sing music that would not be deemed churchy and because of her relationships with other people outside of the body of Christ. But you don't know what seed that woman has planted in the lives of all of these celebrities. She sang at weddings for women and men from reality television and so forth. You don't know what her relationship is with those people. Paul the Apostle said, one plants, one waters, but God gets the increase. So God was using her to perhaps plant a seed or come behind and water. But yet we judge because we feel she needs to only stay in the sector of the church. Well, I'm here to tell you everyone's anointing is not to sit in the four walls of the church. Because if you only have an anointing that is exclusive to the church, then you will have no power when you open the doors to leave. Your power is only Uh, inclusive to the local church that you attend. You don't have any real power to transform lives outside of that sector. And so that's why I'm all for people using their gifts. Whatever God has anointed you to do, makeup, hair, nails, art, design, glory to God. God can take that gift and he can bless so many lives and then he can turn around and he can put you in a position where you will sit before great men because that's what his gifts that he has given unto us is to do. Even the word of God says this as I come to a close. The scripture says this in Ephesians 4 around the 8th verse. God gave gifts to men. He didn't give titles. He gave gifts to men. To be an, an anointed apostle or an anointed prophet or an anointed pastor, an anointed evangelist, an anointed teacher. Glory to God. He gave those gifts and I did not say them in the specific order because we like to do the hierarchy thing. You know, no one is greater than the other. We're to work together as a culmination in the body of Christ. We're to work together. Yes, the apostle is the foreman. Yes, the prophet is the vocal messenger. Glory to God. The evangelist is the soul winner. Glory to God. The pastor is the in-house shepherd. Glory to God. And the teacher is the one that teaches revelation from God. But at the end of the day, we're all one in the same in God. If you're not doing your part, then you're messing up the purpose whereby he anointed the government of his gifts in the church. And so that's why I purposely didn't say it in order because I see people do that. They cut other people down. Well, he's an apostle. She's just an evangelist. No, God doesn't look at that. God looks at us and he sees himself. He sees obedience. When he looks at us, he sees himself. He sees his obedience. He sees us the way that we were created to be seen. Because the word says that 
The flesh cannot glory in his sight. If you are not walking in obedience and being led by the spirit, then he sees a disobedient person. A he sees someone walking in rebellion. And we know that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And I want to say this. People of God, if God has given you a gift and you are sitting on it, you are being disobedient. Therefore, you are hindering what God wanted to use you to do in the earth. And you are initially hindering your own blessing because your gifts will make room for you, but it will bless other people. So when you're sitting on your gift, you are being disobedient. You're being disobedient. And when you're disobedient, you're a rebel. You're a renegade. Even if you say, well, Lord, it's not the season. It's not the time. You don't get to dictate when it's your season and when it's your time. We are in Kairos. We are in God's system of time, not man's. You can't tell God when you use your gift and when you sit on it. You must be obedient. Most people are broke because they're not working their gift. But they crying and fasting and asking God, God, I need resources. God, I need a van. God, I need a car. God, I need a bigger house. And God is saying, I gave you the means to accomplish that and more with the gift that I've given to you. But you sitting on your gift and you begging me to open up a window of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Yes, giving is going to open up a window of heaven. But guess what? Your gift will also reflect back what you put out because you've sown something. So you're going to reap a harvest from using your gift. Ephesians 4 around the 8th verse, it talks about giving gifts to men. Not a title. A title is what you do and a title is what someone else uses to describe what you do. That's why you can have a title and not have an anointing. You can call yourself an apostle or a prophet. You can use that title to identify yourself so people can know what office you function in. But when you are gifted, you don't really have to use a title. When you open up your mouth, people are going to know who you are and what God has anointed you to do. Your mouth is your fruit bearer. It's supposed to reveal who you are. You don't have to plaster apostle and prophet all over the place. When you show up, I promise you, church people may not know you, but devils do. A devil knows an apostle and a devil knows a prophet. A devil knows an intercessor and a pastor and so forth. Demonic spirits know who you are. So you don't have to go around plastering that you're a chief, that you're a, 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 a master. And, and there's not, no harm in those words. We like to say that too. Well, Christ is the only chief apostle. The word chief just means the one that leads others. If you're a chief executive, that means you're in charge of other executives. That's all that means. If you're a master, that means that you have obtained enough knowledge that like getting a master's degree. You've gotten so much education that now you are considered to be a master at the level of whatever it is that you've studied. I read something the other day. Elisha was, was, was with Elijah and we know that they called him 
his master. Elijah was called this master. I read some other scriptures recently and I saw that word master two or three times and I said, wow. And God said, so now I want to confirm to you that there's nothing wrong with someone calling you a master in what you know, but it becomes a problem when you use those titles to exercise pride and you're lofty and you think you know more than the other people. That's why they say Peter was a chief apostle because he was chosen to, 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 to lead the others. And that's why a lot of people even say that about Paul, but Paul was, he was a different type of apostle. He didn't walk with Christ in the physical like the other 12 did. And that's what made people question his apostleship. And I don't know why I'm going here, but God wanted me to do that and say that. And being obedient to him, I will. And so you'll get people. Sometimes when Paul addressed himself, I was sharing this with a brother of mine, Apostle Wade. And I told him, I said, it's funny to me when Paul spoke in his letters to his spiritual children, he always called himself Paul the Apostle. The Apostle came after Paul. The writer specifically put it that way, but yet we put titles in front of our names. And it's, it's, it's just amazing to me. I think we, 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 we're doing a, a combination of, of the natural and the spirit. Some people get dead set and they are ready to fight if you don't call them by a title. And I'm thinking to myself, when God calls you, does he call you apostle? Does he call you prophet? Our father is so enduring. Those are the gifts that he gives us to use in the, in the kingdom of God, in his government. And I'm not saying to disrespect anyone, but I'm saying we do need to let off a little bit. We do need to ease up in getting so angry over titles. It's a gift. If you don't have the gift, then you ought to not use the title. You're a fraud. You are a fraud. I've never, I'm, I still struggle with that today. And many of you who know me, you know I do. It just, the Lord himself called me a lady one day. I was sitting there and I was praying and I fell asleep and I woke up and he, and, and he said it. He said, Lady Tamara. And it just blew my mind because he said, you're such a lady. You're so ladylike. My father began to deal with me about my femininity and about remaining a lady because that was my issue and had been my issue with some things in the ministry. I did not want to be a hardcore manly sounding woman. And he said, but you're a lady, you're Lady Tamara, stay that way. And so that's how the name stuck. Now, who he has gifted me to be is different because, of course, I was born a female. So Lady Tamara is just what he told me, that I was a lady. And he called me that. And so that's why I use that name. You know, but he was so pleased in me being feminine. And being myself, he said, even just being soft and loving and nurturing and even your voice. He said, I've anointed your voice that it would bring healing and that you would walk in such compassion and love. When people hear you, they would hear my heartbeat. They would hear my love for them. They would hear correction that they would know that truly this woman has a strong love walk. He began to deal with me about that. He said, stay a lady, Tamara. Don't ever change. 
I can cry just telling you all this testimony. Because having had people say, well, you're too soft and you're too nice. And, and God said, no, that's how I created you. That's a gift that I've given you. You know, it was told to me recently, I've never met anyone as forgiving. People can do you wrong today. And if they call you tomorrow, you would act like nothing ever happened. And that's true. I don't hold a grudge. I don't hold a grudge because I have two brothers and many of times we've disagreed in our lives and I had to forget about it. The spirit of God say, pray about it and release it and move on. I'm talking about being gifted. God will gift you in a way. I'm telling you that whatever your gift is, people will remember you by it. When you think of Whitney Houston, you'll think of her gift for singing. When you think of Michael Jackson, you think of his gift for dancing. People will disagree, but God gave that man that gift. God did. It doesn't matter what else happened. At the end of the day, that was God's gift and God judged him according to what he did with the gift that he gave him. We will all stand judgment for the way that we use or don't use the gifts that he has given to us. And so I'm just stressing, listen, Miss Houston and Mr. Jackson, they made tons of money, millions of dollars because they used the gift that God gave them. Things may have happened in their lives. The enemy may have seemingly tried to take back what he never gave in the first place. And so when your gift is not properly, oh my God, Jesus, when your gift is not properly covered and being protected by other people who have that capacity to do so, the enemy will take it and pervert it. And, it, and in turn, it'll kill you. You'll self-destruct. You'll self-destruct because of that. And so I'm just saying to those of you, and no disrespect to Miss Houston or Mr. Jackson, because I was a fan of both of them all of my life, and I still am this very day. And no one can make me believe that the devil gave them. A, the devil can't give anything. The devil is one who robs. He's a thief. So he doesn't have a capacity to give anything. All he can do is pervert and steal and rob and kill. That's going to bless somebody. Don't ever let somebody tell you the devil gave you that. The devil didn't give you anything. It may be different, but God is the only one that can give birth. Who? Thank you, Jesus. God, I bless you, Lord Jesus. God is the only one that can give birth. He's the only one that controls birth. The enemy can't birth anything. Hallelujah. He can only take what God created and manipulate it and pervert it. And so I say that to you today in the spirit of love and prayers. That you would utilize the gift that God has given you and that you would stay pure and connect yourself with someone who has the capacity to help you steward the gift that God has given to you. Your gift will open doors for you, but it'll also help you to open up doors for others. It'll bless other people. 
It's kind of like going through a door and someone else is coming through that same door. You hold the door open once you get inside, but you hold it open so that whoever else needs to go through can go through. That's common courtesy. That's what your gift is supposed to do. It's supposed to open the door for you and then you hold the door open so other people can be, can be able to pass through. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Use your gifts. If you don't know what your gift is, you need to fast. Go on a fast and pray and ask God, God, show me my gift so that I can submit it to someone who can help to cultivate it. That I would use it for your glory and honor. I'm going to say this and then I'm going to come to a close. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for this word today, God. When you have a gift and you use it, but you don't have anyone to help steer you and cultivate you and watch over you in the spirit. What happens is you'll venture off. And then the first thing that sounds good that comes along, you'll go with that. And that may be a trap by the enemy. So that's how a good gift can turn around and be perverted by the enemy. Because you're not being connected to people who are anointed to oversee and watch over you in the spirit. That's why I say it all the time. Get connected with an apostolic father or mother. You may attend a church and you might just have a pastor. But you still need to have a spiritual father or mother apostolically. I say that all the time and people don't like that. But it's the truth. Because you need an apostle or a prophet in your life. Because of the graces that they carry. And so I just pray today, and I'm not saying many of you, your pastor may be your spiritual father, but you still need to be connected to an apostle and a prophet. And I'm not lifting up the apostolic or the prophetic greater than anyone else, but I'm just saying because of the graces that God has placed upon these two gifts in the body of Christ, it's necessary. It's necessary for the building up and also for what's to come in your life. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And so I'm praying for all of you that will listen to this recording. If you want to dialogue further about this, please message me on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash apostolic prophetess. And also you can message me on Twitter at Lady Tamara G. You can also inbox me on Facebook. You may also email me, of course, at Lady Tamara in green at yahoo.com. If you need prayer, counsel, or if you want to discuss this message any further, God bless you, people of God. I love you. Let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you, Master, for all that you have imparted and released today into the lives of your people. Father, I'm praying for those who have been persecuted, even who have left the local church because you have anointed them and given them a gift that perhaps the church was just not ready to receive. And so, Father, I pray that that you would open the eyes and the windows of their understanding and that you would send them to places and to people that would be able to help to cultivate just like Paul did with Timothy and with his spiritual sons and daughters God that you would send them to people who are anointed to help them and to impart wisdom into them and to prepare them and release them to do what you have called them to do God I speak favor and many blessings to the lives of those who are obedient and father I'm praying for those who are in 
in disobedience, those who are walking in fear, those who are depressed, those who are accepting poverty when you have called them to be prosperous. God, I break that spirit off of them, Father, and may they resubmit their gifts back unto you and may they repent and say, Lord, I messed up, but I need you to show me how to use my gift all for the greater good of the kingdom of God. And so, God, I'm praying in the name of Jesus today, God, Father, for even those that have been anointed ministry wise to do great things for the kingdom, God, that you would birth it out and that you would send them to people that would help them to be able to exercise all that you have created them to be and to do. Father, I love you and I worship you and I honor you today. And I ask that you would build a hedge and be a hedge of protection all around your people. And Father, I speak peace into the land, into the nations, God. And Father, I'm asking you, Lord God, Father, that you would watch over us, Lord God. Father, we give you all the glory and we give you all the honor and we give you all the praise. It is in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. Amen. And thank God. God bless you. Have a wonderful day, people of God.